Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back ain't better than ever. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance with guests on the Goodyear hotline that will include Bob Costas today. Plus, showtime unlike anything we've ever seen. Stuff from Phil Simms, a jackrabbit, and Steve Cohen is a motivational genius. All that and more. Let's go. Here we go. Only one place to start. One place to start will be with Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. And my straight talk today is I cannot see the back of the studio. Normally, as I look in this direction, to my left, I just see Hembo and I see an entire wall. Right now, I just see a man, and that man is named Chris Canty, who is good enough to hang out with us here for a few minutes after uh, doing a terrific job, as always, with me on Get Up this morning. So good morning again, Chris Canty. Good morning, Greeny. Appreciate you having me on. Well, it's a pleasure, as always, and, and, and you were just terrific today. And I want to go through a whole bunch of football stuff with you, but I did notice your laugh when I called Steve Cohen a motivational genius. <laughs> Now, for those around the country, I'll tell you two things you may not know. One of them, Chris Canty hosts the morning talk show on ESPN Radio in New York. So he does not just know football. He knows as much about the other sports as anyone you will come across. And second, I will point out, for those who don't know, that Steve Cohen tweets like a fan yesterday, called out his entire organization, the Mets, on a losing streak. And they wind up going out and breaking that losing streak with a win last night. Coincidence? I think not. Is Steve Cohen, in your opinion, a motivational genius? Uh, I'm not going to go that far. I do love what Steve Cohen did you by calling it. everybody out in the organization. Yeah, because the players have got to take some accountability for what's going on. After spending three months in the pole position in the NL East to suddenly find yourself in third place, it really is a missed opportunity. And so, yeah, I, 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 would, I would look at what Steve Cohen did as you know, echoing the sentiments of the Mets fan base in terms of how disappointed they are with where their team is at. Now, they finally won one game. That's great. They needed to get that win, but they're in the midst of a 13-game stretch against the Dodgers and the Giants. I don't know that they're going to be a whole lot of more wins on the backs of that one last night. Let me go bigger picture on that, though. When you're a player, which you were for, how many years did you play? 11 years. 11 years in the NFL. If ownership came out and said something that critical... Of the team. I mean, again, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but it was extraordinarily critical. Uh, professional hitters and all that kind of stuff. Here it is. It's hard to understand how professional hitters can be this unproductive. The best teams have a more disciplined approach. He genuinely sounds like a fan. I mean, that is what a fan would tweet. If a, 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 the owner of a team you played on said something like that about your team, how do you think you guys would have reacted? Well, I think everybody would be put on notice. I mean, we went through something similar in the 2011 season with the Giants where we lost four straight games. Mm-hmm. Now, Greeny, you know this about the NFL. If you do a month of losing, you're talking about the coaches polishing up their resumes mm-hmm. and players shipping cars home. And a lot of those same guys won't be back the following season. So, yeah, I've been through something like that. Now, you know how the 2011 season ended. We won a championship, and we're celebrating the 10th anniversary of that this year. So, I mean, that's the kind of urgency that an owner can instill within an organization Hmm. when he puts something out like that in the media or on social media. But as far as the Mets are concerned, I don't know that them trying harder is going to lead to the results that the owner is looking for. How about that, Hembo? Stick that in your pipe and smoke it. This is Chris Canty telling you the ownership was genius. Hembo was, went all in on this tweet yesterday. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. All right, let me get... Let's run around the NFL with all the different stories that we got here. I want to start with your take today on Justin Fields from TV, which I thought was great, because Andy Dalton is out here saying it, Justin Fields is going to have his time in Chicago, but right now it's my time. Have you seen enough 
that you are ready to make the switch. Yeah, I've seen enough. And I anticipated it looking like that from the moment that they drafted Justin Fields just because I know the skill set that he's bringing to the table. Like when you see the physical tools on display like we did in week one of the preseason, like those are things that are going to allow that Chicago Bears offense to overcome the deficiencies that they have, especially up front with the offensive line. That's a group that's shaky. They just got a bit of bad news last night. Tevin Jenkins, they're a high pick at left tackle. He's going to be out with a back injury for the foreseeable future. So that offensive line is going to be a work in progress throughout the early part of this season. And Justin Fields allows your offense to function beyond that deficiency in a way that Andy Dalton could never bring to the table. He has so, to have surgery, Jenkins, by the way. Yes, he does. Back. back surgery. So, I mean, I, I just – it feels like Justin Fields with what he did – allowed Matt Nagy and everybody else to entertain the idea that Fields could be the week one starter. And let me ask you this, though, because the coaching staff is continuing to say they're not going to do that. They anointed Andy Dalton the QB1, at least on Instagram, right when he got there, and they don't sound as though they're ready to change their mind. So when the season begins and Dalton is the starting quarterback, let's just live in that world, Mm -hmm. and the fans are losing their minds. They open up against the Rams and Aaron Donald. That's a brutal start. But if it doesn't start well, and the fans are chanting for Justin Fields and all that kind of stuff from the stands. How does that actually impact the team? Like, the players have to hear it. They'll pretend they don't, but they hear it. What actual impact does that have on the team? Well, it could have an impact on the team in terms of splintering the locker room. And here's what I will also say. When you start talking about the fan base losing their minds, you have to worry about Matt Nagy losing the ear of his players. Mm -hmm. Because if the players feel like there is a guy that's on the bench that gives them a better chance to win games, especially at the quarterback position, then it's hard for them to have any degree of confidence that their head coach is setting them up to have success. So I think that's the fine line that Matt Nagy has to walk when it comes to the plan on how they're going to bring Justin Fields along. Because, you know, the guys on that team want to win. And so I, I, I get wanting to make sure that you find the right place for Justin Fields to land and, and that week one against the Rams might not be ideal. But at the same time, if you have the locker room checked out because you're playing a quarterback that's inferior to the guy that you got on the bench, what position does that put Justin Fields in for the rest of the year? All right, we'll see how that one turns out. Chris Canty with me in our studio with the Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, no contract. No compromise. Next, let's turn to the New York Jets. Again, you you do daily talk in New York City, so you are as connected to this as you can possibly be. Um, And their new quarterback, Zach Wilson, one of the two rookies that we know will be starting week one. Um, Is he, just based on what you've seen so far, is he going to be A, the best quarterback in the league, or B, (laughs) the best quarterback ever? (laughs) Which of those is he going to be? Well, well, listen, I'll say this, and I know you're a huge Jets fan, and so you want Zach Wilson to be your guy for the next dozen years. But I, I, I look at what Zach Wilson has done since he's got here, and he's said all the right things, and he's done all the right things. He's managed the expectations. He's told everybody this is going to be a process. There's a learning curve that comes along with playing quarterback in the NFL. It's a huge jump from the collegiate level. He's adjusting to the speed of the game, and you saw that in the preseason game against the Giants. And the thing that popped out to me – was just the sheer arm talent. I mean, Greeny, the guy can whip it around the yard. He can make every single throw. And I I feel like Zach is positioned better than the future franchise quarterbacks of the past for the Jets, Mm -hmm. you know, with guys like Mark Sanchez, guys like Sam Donald, Geno Smith, because of what they put in front of them. 
They have literally built a wall with that offensive line, drafting Makai Becton last year, Elijah Vera Tucker this year, and then trading for Morgan Moses from the Washington football team. I mean, you've got bookend tackles, and you've got a guy that figures to be a dominant interior offensive lineman for years to come. So I just I like the fact that you're trying to protect this kid, give him the opportunity to develop properly. I think it all bodes well for being able to get the best out of Zach Wilson's talent. Yeah, they, they are building it the right way, and – um, it, it, it's going to require some patience, and as usual, the division is a beast. For years, it's been New England. Now, all of a sudden, it's Buffalo and probably New England and maybe Miami. So I think expectations have to be at least somewhat tempered, um, but I think that things could be moving in, in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more for you. Uh, Dak Prescott, he's been day-to-day a really long time. He's been day-to-day since July 28th. Now it is sounding almost certainly like he will not play in the preseason. And I keep coming back to this. The last time that guy played in a football game, and I don't want to say this, this is, I'm not trying to be like cute here. His foot was facing in the wrong direction. Yes. I mean, that was, it was one of the worst injuries I, I would have to believe that you could suffer psychologically. And the first time he goes back on a field against guys in which he's not wearing a red jersey is going to be against JPP and Vita Vea and all those guys on that nightmarish Tampa defense three weeks from tonight. I have to believe that's a factor in all of this. I, I am concerned about Dak and the Cowboys early in the season. As you should be, Greeny. And we talked about that ankle injury. We didn't realize this until Hard Knock showed us in the first episode that he had to have multiple surgeries in order to get that thing right. So mm-hmm. a part of this rehab process is him being able to overcome the mental hurdle and have full confidence that he can go out there and do the things that make him special on that ankle. And now you compound that with having the shoulder injury and not being able to throw and take the normal volume that he would in a given practice or even in a given preseason. So I I just feel like there there are a lot of things that you can look at and say you could be concerned with Dak Prescott about, and that's why I believe that how the Dallas Cowboys win football games early on in the regular season is going to look a lot different than what fans have seen the past couple of years. It's not going to look like what we saw last year when Dak Prescott had 201 pass attempts through the first four games when he was throwing for 400-plus yards a game. This is going to have to be Ezekiel Elliott leading the charge. That offensive line getting back everybody healthy, they're going to have to be the ones that carry the mail until Dak Prescott is able to build himself up to where he's ready to handle the normal volume of throws, his normal workload. So that offense has to work through Zeke. And from all reports, Zeke looks fantastic in camp. He slimmed down from where he was last year. Everybody on that offensive line looks good. So I think that's going to have to be their formula for success if the Cowboys are going to try to give themselves the best chance to win games early on. I'm with you. And that's also a sneaky, interesting note for fantasy players and others. Look for Zeke to get off to a very start, a fast start this season. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle auto, home, or motorcycle insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Chris, I always appreciate you sticking around and doing this with me. Thank you. You headed back to the palatial estate in Perth Amboy. Stop now? it. Stop it. Perth Amboy. Stop it. He's on his way back. Perth Amboy is a little running gag amongst the members of the I, staff I, I, here. I can see that. And, you're, we enjoy and you're roping me in on it. I'm going back to Perth Amboy, get a bagel with the schmear. Uh, all right. Chris Kent, <laughs> outstanding. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Jim. You are the best. Coming up next, one team is genuinely and single-handedly ruining its sport. And I will tell you which one right after this on ESPN Radio. As a fan, this is amazing. This no, is the is. time of the year. This is what we talked about. This is real, man. This is real. Are you ready? Because I'm ready. This is Bomani Jones, and I'm ready. This is Greedy. The Jets are ready. This is Sarah Spain. The Bears are ready. This is 
Steve and Simmons. I'm ready for football. Football is back, and it kicks off every morning with Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin and continues all day right here on ESPN Radio. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Greeny, the podcast. This is Greeny, presented by Progressive Insurance. Bob Costas in our second hour today on the Goodyear Hotline. In 30 seconds, I will tell you why one team is just single-handedly ruining its own sport. But I'll spend those 30 seconds on Straight Talk Wireless. 5G is here, but the big carriers want you to sign a pricey long-term contract to get in on the action. Not anymore, because Straight Talk Wireless has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide with plans starting at just $35 a month with no contract. And get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299. All on America's best networks. 5G coverage, 5G phones, less money. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. 5G capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. I'm ready to go right now. Green light with Greeny. It's a really good green light today that I'm giving a hembo because we have a ton of really good baseball from yesterday. And it begins with Shohei Otani. I was on Get Up this morning with Jeff Passan. And hembo, I think I'm going to try to make the case that what Shohei Otani is actually having is the greatest individual season in the history of Major League Baseball. What do you think? I think that is an exaggeration. I think that there are plenty of players who, over the course of a season, have produced more value than what Shohei Otani will produce, even if he maintains the same pace that he's on right now. But he is unquestionably having the most unique season in baseball history. Yesterday, on the same night, 
He lowered his ERA since the start of July to 1.58. He's, he's been the best pitcher in the American League over the last month and a half. He also became the fastest player in the history of the Angels to reach 40 home runs. What he is doing is totally unprecedented, but I wouldn't go as far as to say that he's having the greatest season of all time. See, well, so now we're going to get into a syntax discrepancy here, but he is the best power hitter in the sport. I, I think that we dilute the numbers by talking about Angels history. I like this stat better. He leads the major league in home runs <laughs> and any number of other slugging And total bases and extra right? base hits. He's, he's the best power hitter in Major League Baseball today, indisputably, right? How about, how about this for Angels history, though? Go ahead. How about this? Nolan Ryan pitched there for eight seasons. Right. Otani's this season, he's on pace to have the highest strikeout rate in the history of the team. Okay. I had Nolan Ryan pitch for them for eight seasons. It is incredibly unique and extraordinary. Correct. And, and, but, but let's just keep it in the context of the moment. Relative to his own peers, he is the best power hitter in the sport right now. And he is a, a truly dominant starting pitcher. Mm-hmm. Like, like top five in the sport right now. That has never been done before. So while you can measure a player's value to, and, and you, got, God knows if anyone can, you can, <laughs> with what his war will wind up being and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff for a season. And I'm sure you can tell me that going back to the 19-teens and 20s and all that kind of stuff, there were players who produced more of that. There is something different about a guy who's doing this, who's doing both. To be the best at both is unprecedented. We, we showed it earlier on TV. The most home runs Babe Ruth ever hit in a season in which he was a pitcher was 34. Otani has 40, and we're still in the middle of August. <laughs> he could hit 50 home runs. He's on pace for 53. He could hit 50 home runs and be a truly dominant starting pitcher. If that's not the greatest season ever, then I don't know what the hell is. We have a producer on Get Up named Zach Benabit, and he, he loves football. So he asked me, what is the football comparison for what Shohei Otani is doing? And I thought to myself... It would be like if Patrick Mahomes passed for 5,000 yards in, a same, in the same season in which he played defense and recorded 20 sacks. That's what he's doing. Like, it's not making a basketball comparison is not apt because they do play both ways. But he's the only person in baseball that plays both I'll ways. I'll give you a comparison. Give me one. There was a moment in time when Sammy Ball was the best quarterback in the NFL, the best defensive back in the NFL. And the best punter in the NFL. He, in fact, I think still holds some punting records. You cover those teams, right? Yes, I did. Back in the 30s. The point is that stuff happened in the 30s. When, and when football was an entirely different game and everybody played both ways. He wasn't the only guy doing those. He happened to be the best at them. Which, parenthetically, is why any list of the greatest quarterbacks of all time that doesn't include Sammy Baugh is not worth paying attention to. But let's not digress. Mm. What Shohei Otani, and now i got to convince both you and Passan of this, because Passan said to me it's not the greatest season of all time, but it is the most spectacular. Well, what the hell are we parsing here? What he is doing has never been done before. Right. Lots of players have had seasons in which they created unimaginable war. Who's the greatest, Barry Bonds? Yeah, and there, Bonds in 2004, Barry Bonds came to the plate 617 times. And he made 247 outs. I understand That's that. More, that adds more value than what Otani has added. I know added that, but his year. hat size takes a lot away from that argument. In 1920, Barry Bonds out, excuse me, Babe Ruth out-homered the rest of the American League. Correct. The whole league. I get it. That's more impressive than what Otani is doing. He hit more home runs than any other team in the American League hit in 1920. Th- that, it, that makes it, that's greater than what Otani is doing now. 
Is there anything Otani can do but by the time the season ends mm. that will change your mind? If he hits 52 home runs <laughs> and he could win the MVP and the Cy Young. He could win the MVP without pitching. That's right. And win That's the right. Cy Young. That's what makes this season so Who's the last pitcher to win MVP? Kershaw and Verlander both did it fairly recently, but those are right, seasons in which to, that's know, what I'm saying. there were no obvious position players that year. Right now, Otani has produced about 30% more value than any other player in baseball. That is a chasm. That is not, not for decades. I went back. Not, actually, it was What's 19- the last time there was a gap that great? It was actually 1985. It was Doc Gooden's all-time great season. That was the year in which... That was the year in which the, you know, the number one, number two person in terms of value produced was that large. It's been that long, but that was a year in which he was just obviously extraordinary. So that would, that would be the last time there was such a gap. All right. I'm, I'm going to continue to fight with you on this one about Otani. So let's, let's, in the interest of moving it along here, let's get then to the other item that I teased, which is <laughs> the Orioles are ruining baseball and should be relegated to AAA. The Orioles should be playing AAA teams Hembo, tell everybody why. That's because the Orioles have been outscored by 91 runs over their last 14 games. They've lost all 14 of those games, which means over their last two weeks, their average loss has come by six and a half runs. Their average game, they've lost by six and a half runs. That is the worst scoring margin over any 14-game span since the Cleveland Spiders had a stretch like that in the year 1899. That was the last season of their existence. Well, that's the point. (laughs) Baseball did the right thing. They said, you lost that badly by many games, by that many runs. You're not competing with everybody. And that was the end of the franchise. There were no more spiders. No more spiders. That was 1899. And listen, it is ruining the sport because any team that plays them, you just give them a win. At this point, I asked the question this morning when I got up and I was on the, the early call for Get Up. And I you know, watched the Yankees sweep the Red Sox last night and they're putting some you know, distance between themselves and the Red Sox. And I said, how did the Rays do yesterday? And all you said was, they played Baltimore. I didn't give you the outcome. You didn't have to. (laughs) That is the outcome. When you tell me who they played, that's the outcome. The conversation ends with who they played. And this is a problem, enough so, that what am I reading yesterday about people arguing or suggesting that the sport needs to go to a salary floor. Major League Baseball is proposing a $100 million salary floor, which would be unprecedented for the sport. Obviously, they don't have that now, nor do they have a salary cap. All they have is a luxury tax threshold. But this dynamic that you're speaking of is ruining the competitive balance of the sport because the pennant race is effectively decided by whoever beats up best on the Orioles. And I'll give you one example. If you look at every game played this season by the Rays and the Yankees when they don't play the Orioles— the Rays are 60 and 46. The Yankees are 61 and 47. There is a one game difference mm-hmm. between the Rays and the Yankees when they play all major league teams. But the Yankees are five games back because they happen not to beat up on the Orioles as much or so far have as much chance to play them. So obviously you want to go 19 and 0 against your against a team that bad, but no team in baseball should have that much success against any other team. To me the pennant race should not be decided by who best beats up on a Triple A team. That's just it's just wrong. It's just wrong. And the problem is that as the Cubs and Astros proved to you in consecutive seasons not so long ago, stripping everything down like this tends to work. Mm-hmm. Now, the, pro- the Orioles have been this way for a while, right? I mean, they have just, they're, they've been really bad a long time. Yeah, four years in a row of almost unprecedented losing. But this stretch, like over the last few weeks, this is really what's tipped the scale here. I mean, this is what is causing Major League Baseball to say, we have to do something about this because we're only fielding 29 teams. Correct. They should relegate the Orioles to AAA, if that. I'm not sure they'd compete 
on that level. You know, some things have been low on our to-do list, but life insurance can no longer be one of them. If you're like me with a wife and kids, you need to protect them. You need Select Quote. Select Quote has been helping families for over 35 years. Get your free quote at SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? I'm very cognizant of the fact that when we have a guest at the end of the show, that, that maybe if you're one who listens to me early, you don't get a chance to hear it. You know, I'd love you to hang out with me for two full hours. But I fully get, you've got a life. So yesterday at the end of the show, we had Phil Sims, and he was terrific. Phil is one of my favorite analysts. And, um, and, and I wanted to play back some of the takes that he gave us because I think they were worthy of hearing in case you missed it. Let's start with Justin Fields. I asked Phil what he saw in that preseason game and what his sense is of Fields. Here's what he said. I don't think he'll start the opening game of the year, but they'll find the right spot to put him in there once the team kind of gets in shape the way the way they want it, and they know he is really ready to play. I thought that was pretty interesting. And the more I think about it, the more I think that that might be the right approach. Now, I know people are going to lose their minds as I say that in Chicago. But I do think that you have to consider the long term here. And with Tevin Jenkins getting back surgery and all the rest of it, you know, the fans want to see the kid. But as Bill Polian told me, if you listen to the fans, you wind up sitting with the fans. They need to bring along Justin Fields at whatever pace works best for the long term development of Justin Fields and not the salvaging of a season or even a coaching tenure, which I do worry is going to factor into this decision a little bit. So I thought that was interesting from Phil yesterday. Uh, the next up, I asked him about Zach Wilson, who has magical arm talent. And I, I've told you again, I think that the multiple choice here on him is, is he going to be the best quarterback in the NFL or is he going to be the best quarterback in NFL history? Well, Phil gave me a sort of a sobering look at the job ahead for the kid. What I saw at BYU, the same talent, the same arm. <clears throat> I didn't get to see him move around as much as I would like, but he, when he did move in practice, as I said in the article you probably read, that, mm -hmm. wow, I mean, he makes those kind of throws. He makes it look easy. Of course, it's going to be a big learning curve, young football team. And I think of all the rookies coming into the draft this year at quarterback, he absolutely, no question, has the toughest job of the, of the five that were drafted. He has the toughest job of the five that were drafted, and I did follow up on that and ask him to explain his thinking, but largely it's fairly obvious. He steps right in as the starter with extraordinary expectations, with a very young football team, with a first-time head coach, and he's doing it in the pressure cooker of this market. And Trevor Lawrence gets to go and do all of this in the comparative anonymity that is Jacksonville. And he's got a lot of goodwill built up. And I've been around this town long enough to know that goodwill doesn't last long. So right now, I think Jet fans and I am one of them. I'm excited. But that goes away fast. So we'll see what winds up happening. I, I do agree with the idea that he has the toughest job of anybody. All right, we're going to do who you got coming up in just a couple of minutes. But there's one thing I wanted to make sure that we did have time for here in what is shaping up to be a very busy day. The Scoop. The Scoop is as follows. Janoris Jenkins has been an NFL player for a very long time, right? He's been on a bunch of different teams. Ten years. Mm -hmm. Been on a bunch of different teams. You know the name Janoris Jenkins. And he is now on Tennessee. He's now a yeah, Titans cornerback. He is a, a corner now on the Tennessee Titans. 
and he has changed his name. He no longer answers to the name Janoris because he doesn't like it. He is now listed on the Titans' official team website as Jack Rabbit Jenkins. <laughs> He's Jack Rabbit. <laughs> He's Jack <laughs> Rabbit. And, you know, I like it. I mean, look, you should be able to be called whatever you want to be. If the man wants to be known as Muhammad Ali, that right? I mean, you yep. know what I'm He, If he wants to be Jack Rabbit Jenkins, <laughs> then, then I am going to respect his wishes, and I'm going to call him Jack Rabbit Jenkins. And if he's ever nice enough to come on the show, I guess I will have to say, good morning, Jack Rabbit. How are you? <laughs> but it did get me to thinking, and in life, everything can come back to a Seinfeld episode when George wanted to be called T-Bone, like giving yourself a nickname and wanting everyone to use it is an interesting thing to do. Now, people call me Greeny. It is obviously a derivation of my name. Like I was playing golf with a couple of guys the other day. I didn't know. They, they asked me, are you comfortable with me calling you Greeny? And I said, absolutely. But, and, and, and so people call me Greeny. Somehow Greeny doesn't feel the same as Jackrabbit. No. Like, <laughs> no. if I said to them, no, I'd like you to call me Green Mamba. Like, I'm just Green Mamba. If we just changed my name, instead of the show being called Hashtag Greeny, it was called Hashtag Green Mamba. That'd be weird. <laughs> so I come to you, Bubba, on this first, because your name is Brendan Peregrine. But does everyone call you Bubba? Um, not everyone, but I would say most. I've never heard anyone call you Brendan. I, I have had... sneak in a few Brendans here and there, but yeah, predominantly Bubba. If, if you could choose the name, would you go by Bubba? Uh, it's, it's weird because I generally introduce myself, especially in a professional setting, tend to go with Brendan because I just feel weird saying Bubba. <laughs> uh, but, it, but quickly after like one meeting, they'll call me Bubba. So it's, but my parents call me Bubba. My sister calls me Bubba. My uncle calls me Bubba. All my friends call me Bubba, but but I still will kind of go with a Brendan every once in a while. So. Jackrabbit. Yeah. I like Jackrabbit. <laughs> Nuno. Your name is Nuno. I'm sure many people listening may wonder if that's a nickname or shortened or derived from something, but your full name is actually Nuno, yes? That is correct. What If you could go by any other name, <laughs> what would it be? Would a name like Nuno? I don't need another name. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I used to listen when I'd listen to Will Cain's show. I would hear him refer to you all the time, and I would always wonder. Like, I wonder what Nuno is short for. I I wonder if that's a nickname, you know? Like, and, 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 you know, like, but Nuno is your name. Hembo. Hembo is a derivation. Your name is Paul Hembikitis. That's right. If if you were going to go by any other name, what would it be? Hammerhead. Hammerhead (laughs) Hembikitis. Is, is, I'm actually going to change that legally. I've not told my <laughs> wife yet, but that's, it's in the works. I'm going to the DMV on Friday. Hammerhead. Like, I just find that funny. Like, I just think <laughs> it takes a special person to be like, no, no, no. From now on, I'm Jackrabbit. <laughs> <laughs> is, is it better? Is it, how much uh, different is it to you from, like, Ocho Cinco? That's his last name, right? Yeah. It's on the back of his jersey, but you're still calling him Chad. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't I guess it's kind of the same thing. I don't know. Like Ocho Cinco was just the Spanish way of saying his uniform number. I, I don't have an ex. I just there's something about it being Jackrabbit. I like the alliteration. Yeah, me too. Jackrabbit yeah. Jenkins. I mean, I like it. I, I I don't really have anything further to say about it. 
But I, I think it was worthy of note. <laughs> like, it feels worth mentioning to everyone that from now on, if you see Janoris Jenkins say, what's up, Jackrabbit? <laughs> and... And then just go on about your day. Do you think the announcers are going to get it right when they call games this fall? Will I, they say it? we got to find that out. Like, call up Steve Levy and be like, when you have a Titans game, are you going to say, and it's picked off by Jackrabbit Jenkins, <laughs> and he's going up the sideline. Touchdown, Jackrabbit. I, I guess so. It's in the media guide. Uh, it's so. in the media guide. He's going to. It'll be on his call sheet. It'll be Jackrabbit Jenkins. We'll do who you got coming up. Bob Costas on the way today as well after this word from ZipRecruiter. According to Forbes, gyms, stores, and more are set to go on an epic hiring spree to meet the pent-up demand for all of those services. A business's reopening means that millions of jobs will need to be filled. So where do they turn to fill these roles fast? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter's technology is so effective that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. You can try ZipRecruiter for free. At this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny, at ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. This is ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right, I'll say it. Who you got? Uh, this is what I meant a moment ago. It's time for Who You Got with Bubba, uh, who will run us through a series of uh, binary proposition kind of questions, and I will give him answers on who I've got. Bubba, take it away. All right, Who You Got brought to you by Granger. We'll start with the most important question, the most important team. That's Dallas, because Mike McCarthy says there's a, quote, good chance Dak doesn't play at all this preseason. Is that the right move? Who you got here? Yeah, there's only one answer to that. That is clearly the right move because he clearly can't. He's not ready to play in the preseason. He would be out there right now doing more than he is doing if he were capable of it. I have been telling you for weeks, this is not nothing. And this is something that is going to impact their season. You may not see it right in the first game three weeks from tonight, but this is a problem. So it's the right thing to do to keep him out of the preseason because he's not ready to do it. The shoulder is not ready for it. So that part of it, that little minuscule part, yes, that's the right thing to do. 
But this whole thing is a mess, and I think it becomes a problem at some point this season for the Cowboys. Bubba, what's next? Yeah, the Patriots-Eagles, tonight they kick off week two of the preseason. So who you got winning their division first? Between those two teams, who will win their respective division first? I like it. I will say New England. I'm a big believer in New England. I know the Bills are everybody's pick in the AFC East, and I'm not fighting that. Josh Allen is terrific. They've put together a really good team. New England, how soon are you going to I, I don't think it's impossible that they win this year. All right. The all Patriots, right. if they get good quarterback play, which I think they have a real chance to, if they get good quarterback play, they, they did more to improve their team than any other team during the offseason. They brought back an entire defense before they got to free agency, and then they were by far the biggest spenders in free agency. Now, the tight ends are already getting hurt left and right. But they're very, very good in a bunch of different places, and I will never sell Belichick short. It would not stun me at all if they win the division this year, and I believe they will win it before the Eagles win the NFC East. Who you got with Bubba? What's next? All right, yesterday we led the show with Steve Cohen. He criticized the Mets on Twitter, and yesterday afternoon the Mets responded. They bounced back with a 6-2 extra innings win over the Giants. We're back. All credit to Steve Cohen. Yes, who you got? Absolutely. He is a motivational genius. Steve Cohen is undoubtedly a motivational genius. His tweet was the only reason, not only that they won that game yesterday, but that they will now turn it around. And when they go on to win and make the win the division this year, people for the end until the end of time will refer back to the legendary Cohen tweet in August that turned it around. That'll go down with some of the legendary moments, the Billy Goat and and the and the black cat that walked across the field and all those things. The Cohen tweet. Circa August of 2021. He's a motivational genius. Bubba, what's next? Yeah, rough one for old Hembo there, huh? <laughs> Hammerhead? Hembo took the L. Thank yeah, you. Hammerhead. Rough Please. one for Hammerhead over there. Mm. Call right. him by his name. <laughs> 69 years ago yesterday, Patrick Swayze was born. He <laughs> died in 2009, but in between that time, he made some movies. Who you got as your favorite Swayze movie? That's my favorite setup for a question <laughs> yeah. you've ever done. The amount of, of unpacking that needs to be done on the setup. Just read it all again. Read the whole thing again. 69 years ago yesterday. 69 years ago yesterday. Patrick Swayze was born. Was born. He died. Died. In 2009. 12 years ago. Yep. In between all that time, <laughs> he made some movies. <laughs> so who you got is your favorite uh, PS movie. Okay. So I got to think through the movies. I, I, I like the movie Ghost a lot, which was a, I think that, have you ever seen the movie Ghost? I've not. So you guys are so young. Bubba, have you seen the movie Ghost? No, I know what it is, but I've never seen it. It's a great it. movie. I actually haven't seen many of his movies. With him I've and Demi Point, Moore. Point Break is really the only one I've seen. He, he, well, I'm not even going to name that one. He was in the movie Roadhouse that a lot of people really like. Yep. He was in the movie um, um, Dirty, um, Dancing. Uh, Dirty Dancing, that's which is a famous, classic, yeah. right? That That's No One Puts Baby in a Corner. But I think if I had to pick my favorite, it would be The Outsiders. I love the movie The Outsiders. He's in that with Matt Dillon and Rob Lowe and Tom Cruise and, 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 and an all-star cast. And that's a really good movie. That is a great book and a great movie. I think it's an underappreciated movie because the book is so legendary. And maybe it's not. Maybe everyone loves that movie. I'm going to go Patrick Swayze. It's not really a Swayze movie. He probably does have like the second or third biggest part in it. But 
I'm going to say, uh, of all the movies he was in, that's my favorite movie. I will go The Outsiders. Bobby, you got one more? All right. Nash, uh, today is National Potato Day, of course. So who you got as your favorite form of the potato? What? My favorite, meaning like my favorite preparation? No, I mean, yeah. How do you like your potato? It could be fries, and then if so, what fry? Or do you like a baked potato? I mean, the potato could be anything. So Mm. if you have a potato, what would you like it to be? (laughs) Could be anything. I I like, see, I I think. Sweet potato fries, french fries? If I had to pick my favorite, I don't ever, yes, I don't ever allow myself to eat them. But good mashed potatoes, I think, are my favorite. starch? A head of fries. No, mashed potatoes are all like butter and cream, and it's just horrendous for you. I, I, I love French fries like everybody does. French fries are probably the most popular food in the world. No one alive well, doesn't love that, them. But... What are you talking about? I don't think French fries are the most popular food in yes, the world. Yes, they are. They're the most universally loved food in the world. That's do ridiculous. a study. Oh, there's no question about it. All right, do the sponsorship. We have to come back there's to this. There's a question the about it. Who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger is always there to help. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Right, we have to have a significant debate over that. I believe that is the most popular food. No way. It is the food everybody likes and no one dislikes. No one dislikes French fries. No one. I've asked every person. Seven billion people love French fries. Bob Costas and I. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. (laughs) You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN Plus. Also, catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.